What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? So I wanted to shout out our company, Disney, for doing something super cool. You guys, we talked about the 13 Marines who tragically passed on August 26th. So one of them was from Indio, Hunter Lopez to be exact, and he was a huge Star Wars fan. Two years ago, he went and built his own, I'm not a huge Star Wars, like the lifesaver things. And he told his mom, like, hey, mom, if, you know, I would want to be buried with this, you know, when he create, like when he made it. So when he passed away, his mom said she could not just bury, like, she's like, this is my baby's thing. He loved it. I want to keep it. So they actually set something up so they could privately go and build a replica so they can lay it to rest with him. And once the um, Club 33, which is like an exclusive club in Disney, executive found out that they were there, they pulled the U.S. flag from Disney and quickly, like within 90-minute turnaround, created a plaque for them so they can keep it because he loved Disney so much. That's uh, pretty awesome. That's so dope. Yeah, that is very nice. So that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So this list, Lindsay, you were the one that found this list about the Dodgers being the most hated team in Major League Baseball. Like Now, I get that they're winning, right, and they're the defending champs and all that, so that stuff usually comes with that. But I don't get the sense, like, you know, that the Dodgers are this team that people like really hate nationally. Now I know the Giants fans hate them. The teams in the NL West certainly hate them. I mean, even in the National League, I could see certain teams hating them. But I, I, I just don't feel like they get the vitriol that, like, for example, the Yankees get everywhere they go. You know, I don't think they do. But I think people are jealous of them, and that's what the hatred comes from. Because I don't think there's anyone on the Dodgers necessarily, aside from Trevor Bauer. He's an exception right. to this. Um, Super likable, him, the rest of the group. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's really likable. And I feel like most people, generally speaking, are fans, of just like the players. But the team, it's a team. People think like, right. oh, those guys just have unlimited money to spend, yep. and it's not fair. They just buy their way to a championship. That's how people look at it. That's right. what I think it is. I, I think you're so right. Look, if you were to say to somebody that doesn't know the Dodger roster that says, I just hate those guys. And you go, well, like, why? And they say, well, because they're from L.A., they're all Hollywood, um, they've got all the money to spend, they can buy a whole bunch of players, they win every year. I mean, this, this is the way people outside of L.A. would perceive the Dodgers. By the way, George, I think the Dodgers are many people's West Coast version of the Yankees. I think the Dodgers are people's Dallas Cowboys, you know, teams that you love to hate. But I will say this, you know, if you really, really get to know the Dodger roster and take it from me, somebody who's been a Padre supporter for the better part of 20 years, it is a very likable group of people, very frankly. Max Muncy's an underdog guy who has become a superstar. Um, Justin Turner is a guy that I think of as being like a heart and soul kind of player on this team. What Mookie Betts did the other day, everybody's seen this, I'm sure, on social media if you weren't watching the game. In Cincinnati, some kid hits a home run, his first home run of his career. The fans in left field are holding onto the ball. Mookie is literally negotiating. Yo, man, give me that ball back. That's his first home run. The guy's like, no, man, I want to keep this ball. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll bring you a signed Mookie Betts bat. You just give me that ball so I can give it to that kid who just hit that home run. That's a likable thing to do. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that the Dodger players – and their stories make them likable. 
the LA or the Dodgers on the front of the jersey and the payroll makes them hateable to most people outside of Dodger fans. I mean, you say this as someone who is, you know, grew up, you know, ra- not grew up, but raised a bunch of Padre fans. So I can right. see that. Uh, look, I get the pod- I get the teams in the National League even. I don't know. I mean, I maybe I'm just wrong because to the point that we just all have discussed, right, they have a lot of likable players. Now, Laura, you're a huge Dodger fan, and you travel a ton of places to go watch them play. Do you get the sense that other teams' fans dislike the Dodgers? No. I mean, sometimes they hate the fans because some are rowdy, right? But the actual players or the team, no. Like when we were in Cincinnati and we were walking around Cincinnati with our Dodger gear, a lot of people are like, man, like I really like your team. But they were say, I hate that I like your team, right? (laughs) Because they don't want to like the team that just whooped their butt. But we are, especially Mookie, like I love Mookie. I love Mookie and Justin Turner. So this guy in particular, we were walking and he was just speaking great things about the Dodgers and the organization itself. And to me, it's like, I think it's just what Lindsay said. We're good. So people hate that, but they don't actually hate the team. No, but, but here's the thing. When you're in Kansas City, when you're in Tampa Bay, when you're in Oakland, you look at teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and you think to yourselves, we as a fan base our team will never be able to compete with those guys. Now, look, Tampa has stepped up and has has competed against the Dodgers. Kansas City won a World Series not that long ago. Oakland somehow does it every year with, like, five people sitting in the stands and no money to spend. But right. teams from small markets who can't spend the kind of money that the Dodgers can and do, those fan bases hate the Dodgers, not because they're not likable guys. They hate the, the, the financial inequities – I don't know where that word came from. They hate no. the financial disparity. Yeah. Better word. Um, they hate that the Dodgers can spend so much more than their team and their franchise. But can. they don't really. I mean, they have recently, but for the first couple of years, um, you know, Andrew Friedman was cleaning off the books, basically, in a lot of ways. And yeah, they splurged on Trevor Bauer. But forever we were waiting on that guy that he was going to make the big move for, and we thought for a second it was Manny Machado and then realized it wasn't going to be him. And there were years that people were like, when are they finally going to spend some money, like some real money uh, on a free agent? Is that? And it it wasn't until recently, the last two seasons, where they've done that. Well, right. They went out and got Mookie, and they spent a ton of money. Well, they traded for him, and then they signed him, right. right. And they they spent the money, and they got him, and that's locked in right now. Um, but again, I mean, there's a lot of guys on the Dodgers that are homegrown talent. And, yeah. and so, look, if, you're, if you really, really dig, on, dig in on who the Dodgers are, I'm talking player by player, I think that most fans would go, you know what? Um, I respect those guys. I respect that organization. And the players themselves are likable. But it's just like we were talking about earlier, George, about Tom Brady. You know, people love to hate Tom Brady. People love to hate the Patriots because of what Lindsay said at the beginning. When you're winning all the time, people get jealous. They get angry. They're like, I hate those guys. And that's where the Dodgers are when you've won. Oh, no, I get that. Whenever you're good. Yeah. yeah. Whenever you're good, you're going to get that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, look, I, I, I think ultimately, you know, teams that have success have that happen to them. Look, it happened to USC for years, right? During the Pete Carroll years, right? Uh, they... They were the team everybody hated. However, I think in college football, particularly, 
I think that you, there are certain teams that need to be good, and USC is kind of the in general, um, they're the torch holder for the West. Right. Um, so, so that's it's a little well, different. It's it's it, look, I I hate Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. It's it's one of those schools and it's one of those programs. I just hate those guys. And you played them right every right. year. I played yeah. them five times when I was in college, and we lost all five times. And right. and I'll tell you, George, in 1988, I know I'm getting old here, but when Notre Dame won their last national championship, this one under Lou Holtz, um, we had those guys beat. I mean, we had them beat. We fumbled a ball going into the end zone in the first quarter. We fumbled a ball going into the to the end zone, going right into the half. And when we held them and we were down by three points, we had 12 guys on the field. And on fourth down, they wound up getting a first down because we were penalized. We had them. We had them beat. And so I've always had this hatred for Notre Dame. And it's like they've got their own TV network. They get to be independent in football, but they get to be in the ACC for all their other sports. So they get that benefit. They've got more money to spend than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, it's annoying. I mean, yeah. right, it's annoying. That's, that's Notre Dame. Yeah. But I think that that's the Dodgers for a lot of people. It's the Yankees. It's the Cowboys. When It's the New England Patriots. When you're that great for that long, as the Dodgers have No, no, I look, and years, I get it. The beat LA chance, all that. Like, I get, I just don't get the sense that they're, like, the Lakers in that sense. Like, the Lakers go to a town. First of all, there's a million Laker fans there. Um, any town they go to. And, like, but the other fans really want to beat the Lakers. You well, know, like it is game Lakers team. Yeah, it, it is game seven. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh -huh. it feels like that in a lot of these arenas. I, I just I don't know. I don't get that sense of the Dodgers. And I've been to a few games on the road for them. And Laura certainly has been to a lot more than I have. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it just surprised well, me when I let when me, I saw let that. me give you the, the 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 perspective that I had. Like I said, 20 years in San Diego, close to yeah. the Padre organization. Wait, wait, Laura, what did you say about San Diego? Because Scott had said something about the Dodgers spending all that money. What did you say? Uh, I said they spend money, but they still suck. Oh well, well that's your listen. I I wish I was going to say to you you're wrong, but you're right. I, I mean, the, the Padres as an organization never spent money on players. Then they went out and spent thirty million dollars a year on Manny Machado, and they gave Fernando Tatis a fourteen-year, three hundred and forty million dollar contract. That is not the way the San Diego Padre organization has ever worked before. And they spent all this money, and they have completely imploded as an organization here in the yeah. last call it yeah. six weeks or so. Yeah, but but I can tell you, George, I've been to many Padre Dodger games mm -hmm. where Adrian Gonzalez would come up to bat for the Dodgers, yes. and everybody in the crowd is like, "Yeah, Adrian, woo! We miss we you. Love you, we love you." You know, I'm like, "Hey, people, like I get it. He's from San Diego, and I get it. He played his high school ball here, and he was a superstar for the Padres, and they couldn't El afford titan. him." So they they got rid of him, right? But I'm like, you don't cheer for the guy now. He's wearing the Dodger uniform. He's the yeah. the hated enemy. But people are like, yeah. no, I love Adrian Gonzalez. I love him, and and so, you know, people would would want to hate the Dodgers, but maybe love individual players. Listen, I'll tell you right now. I think Max Muncie is great. I think his story's fantastic. I love Justin Turner. I've become a huge Mookie Betts fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I've become a huge Max Scherzer fan. Just I love yeah. how he is. In yeah. games, I love how intense he is. Yeah. I like to see the Dodgers re-sign him. Uh, I don't care how old he is. But yeah. I think the players are likable. But nationally, the perception of the Dodgers, they can just buy their way in. and that's It's just a perception, wow. not reality. Wow, 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 wow. I got to get to traffic because Kiki just took you out by oh. the knees. And, and oh, I'm going to explain. I'm gonna let her explain that. But coming up next, yeah, in about say? two and a half minutes, yeah. in about two and a half minutes, will USC perhaps – 
have revisionist history when it comes to letting go of Clay Helton so early in the season. We'll get into that in just a moment. But first, a look at traffic from Kiki, who took you, Kaplan, out at the knees. Let me hear. It's easy taking him out by the knees. I mean, it's so easy to root for a team with, you know, big bankroll team that wins all the time. It's tough to be a San Diego fan. It's tough to be a loyal San Diego fan, yeah. which I am. And you never were, Scott. You never Oh, true. never. She's right. Bandwagoner. She's true. Bandwagon. She's right. She's right. I am right. I'm so right. I still like you, but you are a total bandwagon. You are defalulying like, me right now. I am yeah, like. You are. Yeah. I am. On the, I am. I'm on the ground. Why? 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 Why are you oh doing this God. to me, Kiki? That took me a moment. Jeff Galuli and me. You know, I, I did take you out at the knees, but I think you had it coming. Anybody that listened to you for as long as I have and heard you, your love and praise for San Diego sports teams, now it's reverse. It's just it's a little bandwagon issue. Wow. She's taking you out. Oh, I, I mean, Galuli. I mean, she's like taking you out like Fredo in like The Godfather. I still like Scott Not, Kaplan. And, Lindsay and wouldn't know what that is, though. He's here. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, Tanya, they know, Tanya Harden, Nancy Kerrigan, yeah. they know. Well, but no, do yeah, I yeah. love Scott Kaplan? Am I a fan yeah. of him on the radio? Yes, I am, but I have to keep it real. That's She's all. very upset. She's very upset yeah. at you. Lindsay yeah. also no idea who Fredo is, by the way. Oh, None. God. Zero. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. There you go, Linz. If you don't watch, McMiniman is going to make you sleep with the fishes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like one of like the bad impressions that I do that everybody busts my balls about. That was brutal. Yeah, I wasn't trying to do a good one. <laughs> that was really funny. That was the though. whole point. It was, it was no, who the hell can do a Marlon Brando impersonation for lo- the love of God? Wow, I'm just uh, uh, licking my wounds over here, George. After, I know. Uh, Kiki Karen savaged Kane. you. It's Kiki been a savagery Kiki. Tuesday here on the show. McMiniman on Lindsay, Kiki on you. Good Lord. But don't you see, though, this is my point. You see... You were saying that you don't sense that people hate the Dodgers. Well, and, other than the the traditional rivals, of course, right. sure. But you see, okay, Kiki is a is all San Diego all diehard. Okay, diehard. Die I am not a diehard fan like that. I, in fact, you always hear me say that I'm a supporter or an observer. I don't really yeah. say fan um, yeah. because a lot of times I'm not. You know. Yeah. But yeah. the point I'm trying to make what is... What about that, if it was like LAFC? Can we put you in like the 3252 in the supporter section, you know? Well, based on the, 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 the phraseology I like to use, apparently that's yes. where I belong. Although yeah. they'd probably get mad at me in that section. They'd be like, stand up, man. 
Like, eh, I'm a little tired right now. I like to take a I seat. I mean, you, you, you got to stand on my up. feet all day, you know, if you don't mind. Um, but but look, that's just it. Thirty-two fifty-two. Sorry, before someone corrects me. Go ahead. And, and I just love how Kiki just just came after me, just total savage on me, where she took me out by the knee. She's like, "Listen to you. How could you like the Dodgers?" And I'm like, "That's my point. Is that nationally, the Dodgers are hated." The perception is they got more money than anybody else so they can buy their way to championships or buy their way to contending. But that doesn't really happen. But that's not truly the case because most people don't take the time to look at the roster and how it's been built. What I'm saying is this, is that I can get over my 20 years of San Diego and support for the Padres, and I can still very much like a Max Muncy, a Justin Turner, a Mookie Betts. I find them to be likable players. And likable mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so I can get over it, you see. But other people, like Kiki, to her point, she's all Padre all the time. And so she hates the Dodgers. And even if 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 I tell you that Justin Turner's a good guy and walked an old lady across the street because she was blind and she couldn't see him, what a sweetheart of a guy. She'd be like, I don't care. He's a Dodger. I hate him. See the difference? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she'd go that far. I mean, you know, Karen, I feel like, is a friend of the elderly, but, uh, you know, like, who doesn't like an elderly person, you know? Well, so. if a Dodger walks that elderly person across the street and you're a Dodger hater, you no longer like elderly people. Now, <laughs> just you flip on them? That's yeah, it? You like, that's them? it? I'm done with grandmas yeah. and grandpas. I'm done with yeah. them. Well, pe- people turned on Clay Helton, but you seem to think that perhaps they turned on him too quickly this season. Well, look, here's what I, I would say. I congratulate USC for the win that they had against Washington State this past weekend. When, you, when there's turmoil in yeah. a college football program early in the season, and by the way, turmoil, you fire your coach, you hire a guy in the interim who's your secondary coach. He's not your defensive coordinator, your offensive coordinator. He's a secondary coach, and, and, but he's the recruiting guy. So you put him in as head coach, and who knows what's going to happen. And then as if there's not enough going on, you lose your starting quarterback early in the game and you have to turn to a freshman quarterback. Granted, highly decorated through his prep career, but still, I mean, he's still just a young kid who's thrown into the middle of the action. So I give USC a ton of credit for their win this past weekend. However, when I look around college football, there have been lots of upsets so far this year, George. When Jacksonville State beats Florida State, did Florida State fire their coach? When Montana beat Washington, did Washington fire their coach? When Western Michigan beat my school this past weekend, Pitt, did Pitt fire their coach? How about this one? When the University of Texas, San Antonio, beat Illinois of the Big Ten, did they fire their coach? How about when, when UCLA beat LSU, did LSU fire their coach? I'm just saying that USC may look back at the end of the year and say, Clay Helton was on the hot seat, and he may not be our coach going forward, but why did we do it so early? Why were they so reactionary? The loss to Stanford, it happens. They're a, they're a Pac-12 school who's been a, a good program. This isn't Jacksonville State beating USC. So I just think that USC might look back, might, just a maybe, and they may think to themselves, you know what? We pulled the trigger maybe just a hair early. We could have gotten through the season with Clay Helton. Well, I'm going to tell you the difference between two differences, okay? I'm going to tell you the reason why I believe they did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to tell you the differences between him and the other coaches, for the most part, that you mentioned, right? Um, you mentioned Florida State, Mike Norvell, right? First year there, okay? Um, Jimmy Lake at Washington, I believe, second season there. Um, you know, Orgeron won a championship, so that's different already. Um, 
Whoever, who else did I mean, Did you mention? Well, like I mentioned, a guy named Pat Narduzzi, who's again at my school, the University of Pittsburgh. He'd been there seven years, kind of like Clay yeah. But Hull. what are the expectations at Pitt? The expectations are to compete for an ACC championship. Now, are now look, they? Yeah, yeah. In your division now. Now look, Clemson is obviously the cream of the crop, right? But but <laughs> you, but let me ask you a question. What's the expectations at Miami? They're the same at Pitt. Oh, and Manny Diaz is on the hot seat. But here's the difference between Miami and USC, which they ha- there's a lot of parallels between the two, private school, et cetera. The difference is USC has way more money, has way more resources, and they have a president and, a, and an administration that cares about football, whereas Miami does not. And that's why they are an embarrassment right now. However, back to USC, mm-hmm. um, the reason they got rid of Clay, the kids were not coming here there were too many kids speaking of miami the kid jake garcia from la went to miami he's gonna probably start next year okay the dj uh ungalele uh the kid at clemson la kid wanted to come to usc didn't want to play for clay so i think when you have all that and mike bone your boy boney okay Mm -hmm. when boney gives them all the resources and they have plenty of them and you're still getting your ass kicked to stanford a team you said on these airwaves that they should beat handily just based on the difference and disparity between the you know the level of talent that and I was the one that said I don't know they play them tough and they're not as bad as they were against Kansas State I think like but I didn't think they'd kick their ass the way that Stanford did but that's the thing. This isn't a thing that just happened overnight. He's been on the hot seat for years. I understand. But, you know, you talk about how, how you say SC isn't getting the kids, right? Well, listen, um, Dart Jackson, Jackson Dart, whatever. I'm talking about the L.A. kids, well, the kids but, here. But, I'm, but, I, but, George, USC. They're going to Ohio State. They're going to Clemson. They're going to Alabama. Bryce Young can be the Heisman. The kid played at Cathedral. For God's sake. I understand, like, but, but I mean, this is the problem. I, I know, but George, listen, this is the same thing that happens in so many other what I'll call hotbeds of recruiting that have big-time college football programs. People in Miami say the exact same thing about Miami. How come yeah. they're not getting the best kids from South Florida yeah. to stay home to go to Miami? Right. Why is that kid going to Ohio State? Why is that kid going to Clemson? Why is that kid going to Alabama? Because they don't Be- believe in the guys that they have at the he- at the top. That has been the case oh, with Miami, okay. too. That, that's, because that's they true. keep hiring, a, like USC did with Clay, and, and they've done previously, they keep hiring a guy with no coaching experience. The only one they did was Rick, and Rick got it going for a minute, and then he had health issues and well, had to re- retire well but look here's the other part of it you know when you're a big time recruit and you're in orange county or you're in la county if you play in the southern section of cif if you're one of the big stars you have your choice you know where do i want to go i can go to clemson i can go to alabama i can go to sc i can go to ucla and then what these kids do is they examine the roster and they go okay this guy's a sophomore he's already the starter when am i likely to play you know and by the way Am I going to play in the biggest games? Am I going to have a chance to win a national championship? Am I going to be on TV every week? Who gives me the best chance to go to the pros? There are a lot of other reasons that kids choose schools outside of SC and UCLA. uh, But Bryce Young is the perfect example. I mentioned he played at Cathedral. I know he transferred to modern day, but he started at Cathedral. The kid's from Pasadena. He committed to SC and then was like, "Mm, not feeling this Clay Hilton thing. And then was like, hey, Nick, I'm coming. You know, that's what happened. Like, yeah. so, and, and, and that's happened a lot under Clay. So, like, that's, 
that to me is the biggest reason why you let him go because you need to recruit these kids. And we know that Dante is good at recruiting kids because he's helped Mario Cristobal and he's uh, you know learned the last couple of years with Mario Cristobal. And he's got real, I can tell you for a fact, he's got real connections with the high school kids, um, with the, the high school coaches, all that stuff. Stuff that Clay didn't want to do. He didn't want to yeah. get his hands dirty like that. Well, listen, that's what great coaches, especially great head coaches, do is they hire really great staffs and they hire guys who are specialists in certain things. And when you're the head coach of USC, you got a lot of things to do besides going to sit in some kid's living room. That's why you have a guy like a Dante Williams. Yeah, but you still got to close the deal. And Nick closes the deal. And, but Dabo listen, closes the deal. Well, Mario Cristobal closes the deal. Well, and, and Clay uh, listen, can't close the deal. Well, but but you say that, and and look, I, I hate to be like defending Clay Helton because look, I was ready for Clay Helton to go too. I I'm making the point that they may get to the end of this season, and the results may not be very much different than if Clay Helton were the coach of this team. But when you are able to get a, a kid who's the top high school quarterback in the entire country, he didn't go to Alabama, he didn't go to Clemson, he didn't go to Ohio State. He came to USC. USC. USC still has the cachet with high school football players that it's one of probably the top five but to ten they, most desirable places to go play college Look, I, I'm going to just say it bluntly because Booger McFarland said this on the Cosmoball podcast, so I'm repeating what he's saying, but he's right. Clay Helton didn't want to go to the hood, man, and get the kids who are from the inner city of L.A. He didn't want to do it. He didn't love it, and that cost them big time, Okay. That's the reality. Those were Booger McFarland's words. Quote, end quote. Clay Helton did not want to recruit in the hood. Okay? That's Booger McFarland's words. I don't know how Booger knows that. I don't know how he knows it. I mean, because he's as tied in as anyone in college football. You know, like he's been doing college football for a long time before this stint in the NFL. Maybe that's the case. But again, again, that's why you go out and you hire really good assistant coaches. That's why you go out and hire the best guys to be recruited. But not if any no if the kids and the coaches in the in the area don't believe in you and, and they don't believe that you're you're the guy and they don't believe that you're really putting forth the right effort. There are a lot of guys in college sports, Kaplan, that are head coaches in football who, you know, they'll come to guys late or they'll you know, they'll come to guys, but the the interaction, this is this is an interaction that needs to be something that both sides feel good about and for whatever reason that didn't happen well with listen, those kind thing. of kids and those are the those kids that i'm talking about are some of the best kids I in understand. the country right you, now playing for other schools that wanted George, to come to usc i got it but listen let me ask you a question when Dabo sweeney talks to you versus when clay helton talks to you versus when nick saban talks to you of those three guys, which guy right, look, are you can, not can impressed we, with? Let's just save this for the last segment because we got to do big deal or no deal. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, speaking of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friend Sam and Ash at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. Linz, what's right here for big deal or no deal? Well, 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 if it isn't our favorite potato chip of America, Pringles. Pringles potato chips have been around since 1968 when they were released with the tagline Pringles Newfangled Potato Chips. Currently owned by Kellogg's, Pringles are sold in more than 140 countries. Well, Mr. P, who's like the Pringles logo guy, Julius Pringles, I guess is his real name. He's long graced the cylindrical chip container and have become, (laughs) you know, people have become comfortable I know, cylindrical. People have become comfortable with his classic look over the years. Well, Mr. P is getting a glow-up that takes his classic look and updates it to a more modern, and some would say even emoji-like look. Social media has not been too kind to the new look Mr. P, which I retweeted, at Lindsay Baseball. Do you guys think that his makeover is a big deal or no deal? Sedano. Uh, I would say it's a big deal. Um, I am a, a fan of Pringles. I actually think Pringles are the best potato chip to take to the beach because it's a container that you can open and close and you don't have to worry about the, uh, you know, dealing with like the, the bag or whatever and stuff falling out. I'm a big fan of Pringles particularly on be- beach days. Right. Yeah. Um, and I also love the Pringles guy uh, because it is synonymous with them. The, the makeover doesn't make sense to me. I always feel like if you have a good brand and they do that, you shouldn't change it up like that to me, like the, the heritage uh, portion of it makes sense. And the Pringles guy looks like Mike D'Antoni, so why would you change it? <laughs> Cap, what okay. do you think? Well, I actually think this is no deal at all. Uh, look, I like the Pringle potato chip. I really like the Pringles packaging. But if I'm being really honest here, I didn't even know there was a Pringles guy. Like, what? I just think of No, I'm serious. Like, I just think of the... Really? Look, here's why. When you buy a bag of potato chips... Every chip in the bag is different. Can we agree on that? I mean, every single chip in the bag is different. You pour out an entire bag of chips. Except for Pringles. Except for Pringles. Pringles is the most consistent chip of any potato chip that there is. I'm a fan of the product. I'm a fan of the packaging. I can't remember the last time I had a Pringles. What I really love is when you put the Pringle on your tongue and it just fits so perfectly and then you crunch the hell out of it. I love it. But I didn't even know there was a Pringle guy. You know, I don't. I don't think that their character is like so famous. It's not like the Michelin what? Man. Yeah, I'm you're serious. crazy. I feel I like that's like what makes Pringles is the Pringle guy. Nah, I don't think so. Louda. It's a big deal. I grew up eating them, and I like Cap said. I love how when you put it in your mouth, you like 
it just fits perfectly. <laughs> so for me, dang, I walked right into that. Anyways, so for me, like, I love that. And I'm like, I'm uh, staying away from that one. I'm really not. Did. Mark that tape, please. Anyways, Cap, moving on. I think it's a big deal. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just saying. Boom. I'm yeah, with you. I'm with you. All right, on, <laughs> on to the next one. Well, speaking of food, in a world where fast food chains are embracing meat alternatives on the menu, Chipotle has opted for the real thing. And in a long-awaited update, smoked brisket will join chicken, shredded beef, pork, and the vegan sofritas on Chipotle's menu. The new protein is set to hit restaurant locations beginning Thursday, September 23rd. But for Chipotle Rewards members, if you're so lucky to be one of them, you can get the new option available exclusively on the app and Chipotle.com Tuesday, September 21st. So that would be today. Uh, the new protein will only be available for a limited time. So is Chipotle's new smoked brisket, especially considering it's not here to stay, a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Uh, I think it's a big deal. Uh, smoked brisket is really good. <laughs> um, and, you know, look, I'm not like a super-duper Chipotle fan. It's fine. Like, I, you know, it's better than, than most fast foods is what I would say. So, um, but I, I like their options. You know, I know they had a stretch many years ago where they had some issues. Um, but, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of it, and I like smoked brisket. I'm curious to at least taste it. How about that? Me too. Okay. Yep. I'm going to go no deal here. Um, I like Chipotle just fine. Uh, I like the brown rice. I like the brown beans. I like to add the double chicken, maybe a little bit of lettuce on top. But then you get to guacamole. And when you get to guacamole at, at, at Chipotle, they tell you, hey, you know, there's an extra charge for this. And you go, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Even though I don't really think there should be. I think it should be part of the options. But then they, they hit you pretty hard for some guacamole at Chipotle. But the truth of the matter is I probably wouldn't try it. I'm just, I'm a habit eater. So when I go to Chipotle, it's always a chicken bowl. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't think this is a big deal. Okay. Ooh, no adventure. The next I'm trying it. <laughs> oh, real quick. Laura, do you like Chipotle? Because I know that you're very finicky when it comes to. Uh, Tell me know, no, Laura. Come on. This kind of situation when it comes to Mexican <laughs> no food. Way. Come on. Um, if I, it's my last resort, I'll go. Right, right. I, fi I figured that was the yeah. case. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Go ahead, Lindsay. All right, so is it too much if I do another food story? Because I do Keep have another going. Food story. No, I'm hungry. Enough. All right, all right. Never enough food, so, I think. Mischief. Taco Tuesday, by the way, too. So yeah, I know what, I'm on a diet right now. I got to lose like 15 pounds immediately. I'm going to order some barrio tacos. You, I feel like anyway. you've said that for as long as I've known you. No, no, like. but here's what happened. <laughs> I, lost, I lost like 12 pounds, and everything was going great. I was feeling really good. I was like, you know what? I'm st I think I'm starting to look good again. And then, and then I couldn't get to 50 push-ups, which really, really bothered me. Yeah, and yeah, then I was at I this wedding that. this past weekend, and I saw pictures yeah. of myself from this wedding. I got like eight chins right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's and the I, worst. When you see yourself belly, in a picture. Oh, my belly is disgusting. Okay? And, it's, and, and George, I'm right on the verge of either getting really, really overweight or pulling it back. Because otherwise, my belly's about to flop over. Okay? So I got to lose like 15 pounds immediately. Okay. But you were Fair saying enough. about food? You were saying anyway? Yeah. Oh, Let's talk so, about food. Well, one thing you're not going to do is uh, eat at this place. Uh, Mischief is the group responsible for giving us projects involving things like AI-generated foot pics, boomer email collections, and blood-containing Lil Nas X-affiliated Satan shoes. 
This last concept that I just mentioned, the Satan Shoes, seems to have inspired yet another evil idea, a website where visitors can order Chick-fil-A sandwiches when the restaurant is closed on Sundays. It's called Sunday Service, and it lets buyers sign up to order a Chick-fil-A sandwich, priced, of course, at $6.66. That's delivered on the day of rest. Mischief says that the sacrilegious sandwiches are bought the Saturday before and kept warm overnight with a professional chef putting some finishing touches on them Sunday before they go out. They're as hot as you'd get them fresh. Is the idea of getting a real Chick-fil-A sandwich delivered to you on a Sunday a big deal or no deal, Kaplan? I think it's a huge deal. I think it's a monster deal. I think it's gargantuan, as a matter of fact. Big deal's not enough. How many times have you said to yourself on a Sunday, you know what I really want right now is a Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. And then you realize they're closed on Sunday. They are closed on Sunday. And you're like, that sucks. I really wanted a Chick-fil-A, and it's Sunday, and they're closed. So if you, I don't care who it is. If you go buy them on Saturday, you put them in a warming drawer of some kind, and I can have them on Sunday, I'll do that. But I think the smarter thing to do is just go buy them yourself on Saturday rather than having to you know, have somebody else do it for you. Just, just go buy them yourself. Yeah, I think so. the fun it's out a of big it. Deal. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's actually not a terrible idea, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think this is a big, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal to me, uh, but it is a big deal to some, for sure. Um, it's but a I'm big say, deal for the, the diehards. Yeah, I, I'm going to say no deal. Um, because I think Kaplan found the life hack for you that's probably cheaper, to be honest with you. So there you go. No deal. Good job, Cap. He's ruining all Thanks. the fun. Yeah. All right, want to do one more? Yeah. Okay. Baltimore's Marquise Hollywood Brown had a huge game on Sunday night with six catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. And apparently, he had a little bit extra motivation to ball out on the biggest stage. According to Wags Unfiltered, which is an online celebrity watchdog, Brown had not one, but two girlfriends in attendance. It's unclear as to who runs the Wags account, but it's broken a few pretty major stories in the past. While the relationship between Brown and either of these two women is unknown, based on social media posts, it certainly looks like they were both there at the game for him and him only. Is Hollywood Brown allegedly having both of his girlfriends in attendance at the same game a big deal or no deal, Kaplan? I mean, oh, go ahead. I'm going to have to say no deal. Um, he's not the first guy to have multiple girlfriends at the same game. Um, it, it's just not that big of a deal because it's not that uncommon. Now, it could become very uncomfortable after the game when all the family and friends are waiting in the team offices for you to get showered and get dressed and come out. And then it's like, where do I go, her or her? Or you just tell her, hey, I'll meet you later. Just meet me at this place. And then you tell the other girl. I'm just telling you that that juggling your boyfriends or your girlfriends, especially when you're a pro athlete, man, that happens every day. No deal. Uh, I'm going to say big deal because it became public and everybody found out. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's not an, a fun day for him, <laughs> is my guess. <laughs> so well, I, imagine I when say... girlfriend three, four, five, and six call him and go, hey, who are these two? <laughs> All right. That is big deal or no deal. Cap, you and I can finish our USC discussion here in, in a second. We'll wrap that up uh, here on the other side. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. Oh, yeah. There we go. Is this two-pack? <laughs> it's your friend, Drake. It's your friend, Drake. Yes. It's my Hebraic brother is what that is. Yes, yes, it is. Listen, I love uh, Drake. I think Take Care is an amazing album. And his yes. mixtape, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. But this yeah. last one? Mm. Not so great. I'm with Laura. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm with Laura. It's all right. But, uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of them that are really good. But, Linz, what we could just talk about this on the air, like, unless you're uncomfortable with it. But, like, I thought it was funny that you asked this question to me before the break. What's that? I, well, I, I said I I said I feel like you hate my big deal or no deal. Why? It's so, like, weird and, and out no. there. And you're just kind of like, you know, like, they're a little weird. I like no, them. No, I, I, I like them. I, I, I felt engaged. I was engaged in those questions. Oh, I didn't say that you weren't engaged. I just feel like some of them might have been a little bit too weird for like you. Like which ones? You know? Give me like, an example of which ones yeah, like were too weird. It's like the, the Pringles character guy. That's not weird. No. We were yeah. going to um, do that at some point in the show anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I Like the the guy with the girlfriends. Oh, you, that's you good. Know, like oh, that's no. Stuff. That's a great okay. story. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. a great story. Listen, and it's actually you. technically sports. Let me tell you this. When yeah. I had a buddy of mine who was a backup quarterback to Joe Montana for years. And wherever Steve they Bono? Would, no, not Steve Bono. Um, yeah. but can we but, guess? Yeah, keep going. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, was he with the Niners or with the Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs. Oh, and, he, and, and to be honest, it, it wasn't that long. He was only there for like maybe a season. But here's what they used to do: when yeah. Joe Montana, gosh, I can't believe I'm using his name. When Joe would go out, I mean, there'd be a lot of ladies around. He's Joe Montana, right? Good-looking guy. He's a superstar quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Did so, you just do like a Frank Caliendo there doing like John Mack? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Montana. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so so Joe would go out and there'd be yeah. there'd be attractive ladies around him. Right. Dave Craig? Go, Pardon me? Dave not, Craig? Not Dave Craig, although Dave Craig's Matt a Blunden? great guy. No, no, no. Come on. Yeah, this is so easy. You should be able to figure this out. So I mean, easy. I don't know. I'm just looking at the rosters this here. This is like, my just... my college roommate and and now the Browns offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt. So Oh, well, he's not on the roster because he didn't throw a pass, so that's why. Well, probably so. So anyway, so so the story the stories were though that when anybody would go out and it would and actually it's funny you mentioned Steve Bono because Steve was part of this team at the time. Right. Steve would have to stand on one side and Alex would have to stand on the other side because mm-hmm. there would be ladies that would come up in the bar and yeah. holler Joe, at him. Joe was so concerned about being seen in a photograph with other women because he was married. He's a happily married right. guy. And yep. so he would make the other quarterbacks stand directly next to him. So even though there were other ladies around, he could if there was a picture, he could always say, yeah, but this guy was here and this guy was here, and that's why the ladies were there. I was just there hanging out. You right. know? So Is that like a typical job for a backup quarterback oh, to like protect the, the starting quarterback as far as like in the social setting? Absolutely. Wow. A backup quarterback's job in the NFL is to make the starting quarterback's job easy. So – if the starting quarterback has a whole bunch of family members coming into town, it may be the backup quarterback who has to go deal with his tickets. Um, if, if there's an issue in the locker room and, and uh, the quarterback's not really, the star quarterback's not dealing with it, backup quarterback, it's his job to deal with it or, or to be the liaison between the coaching staff and the locker room. And backup quarterback's a really important job in the NFL, even if that guy never steps on the field. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. how about that? It's a good tip. Yeah. Uh, Cap, I did see your Instagram post with your son kicking a field goal. Do you think um, there's no question in your mind that he 
uh, is a guy who can outkick you, like, if I gave you time to warm up? Oh, right now, my son, who's 21 years old, who practices every day, plays at Saddleback right. College. Yeah, yeah. He will kill me right now. He will destroy me. As a matter of fact, on October 7th, when we go to SoFi Stadium, and people You're gonna want bring to have, him? Like, I'm thinking about bringing him. Yeah, bring him and let it let let us see the younger Kaplan, uh, the old the young line take out the old line. Yeah, yeah. My son, I'm really proud of him though, George, because he's 21 years old, and frankly, this is his fourth year out of high school, and he's yeah. really only in his second year of playing college ball. And he yeah. started at a junior college, went to a four-year school, came back to a junior college, but then COVID killed the season. So he's like a guy who should be technically a senior who's really only a second-year guy. And right. just the kid, is he wants it so bad, and he's grinding yeah. so hard, and he's so That's persistent. Awesome. And he got a great opportunity last week when, when Saddleback was playing against Riverside. Riverside's like the number one junior college team in, in yeah. California. Yeah. And he bombed this 43-yard field goal. Yeah. And uh, and now he's got a chance this week when I don't even know who they're playing, but I'll be there Saturday night. But yeah, nice. I'm proud of the kid, man. I'm putting his. I'm putting you his should stuff be. On social he's media. the fruit of your loins. Yeah, yeah. But I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of his persistence. You know, That's what was really your longest? Game. What was your longest kick? My longest field goal in college in a was, game was 47 yards. Yeah, so in a game. Yeah, and so here he is. He's at 43, and I'm telling you, you know, now the coaching staff looks at him. And they're like, you know what? He bombed that ball. Put him in yeah. there from 48. Put Pe him in there from people? 50. I'm not saying this just because it's you and 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 your your son is also a kicker. Kicking is hard as hell. Like I don't think people realize what it takes to do that. Like first of all, you need to have like nerves of steel. Like yeah, let's start there because there's a lot of yeah. high pressure, high leverage situations. Um, but number two, from a technique standpoint, like it's really hard to do that. Um, based on the different angles that you're kicking, are you kicking for the right hash or the left hash? Right from the center of the field. Like there's a lot of different things that go into this and I, I you know I've never had that conversation with you but I you know Jay Feely and I uh, you know are friendly uh, he played in the NFL for a long time and we, we you know we talked about that one time for a really long time and you know I came away having a completely different um, opinion about kicking and the reason that came up do you remember there was a Saturday Night Live skit about Jay Feely I don't think I do was it was it Jay Feely when he was with the Giants uh -huh, and he yeah, missed yeah. The, the field goals like three field goals in a playoff uh -huh. game or something oh, wow. and, yeah and they did a, an SNL skit about it and I asked about it he was a great sport about it but yeah that's how we got into that conversation Jay Feely I don't really know him that well I know him a little bit um, super good dude from what I know he's a really good guy and um listen you know he's he himself has a, a, a son who's a kicker I don't remember what school he goes to but he in Arizona yeah, something like yeah, maybe Arizona or yeah. Arizona State. Something, but he yeah. he was a yeah, big because yeah. that's you know, where they, star. they they live. They live. Yeah. I know he's doing. He's still doing work for CBS Sports. Right. Like he does NFL games, but yeah. but yeah, they are in Arizona. So yeah, it's funny though because I put that that video on my Instagram and on my Facebook. That's right, I said Facebook. I didn't put it on Twitter, but I put it on Instagram. And I'm getting a lot of guys who are former NFL kickers who I have some relationship with who follow me, and they're like, "Dude, great kick by your kid." But what they're laughing at is if you see the video. They call field goal. The field goal team goes out on the field. There's no holder, George. There's literally no holder on the field. And my kid... I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because the watch, announcer, the guy who was broadcasting didn't mention that. Right. Watch my son. He's He looks like a kid who's 12 years old in, in Little League, and he's got his hands, his palms raised to the air like, hello, hello, we got the field goal team on the field. We got no holder. Anybody want to bring a holder on the field? Don't snap the ball. Wait. Wait for the holder. And so... You know, that was one of those moments where if you miss the kick, you come off and you're like, damn it, they didn't bring the holder in. He didn't show up. We were rushed. You know, I was all screwed up. But he handled the pressure of the moment and bombed that ball. Oh, I so, see him now. Yeah, I see yeah. him now kind of looking to the sideline go, what the hell's going on? Yeah. This is going to be you before long, George. You know, I mean, 21 versus how old your son? He turned three yesterday. 
He did turn three yesterday. You know, and so this is this is you in eighteen years, pal. And it's gonna fly uh, by. I I I yeah, it's great. I um my wife would hate it if he played football though. She's well, terrified of that. Yeah, He's gonna well, be a football player. Like I just you could see it. I like I just think you can tell with kids right away like what they're gonna be like interested in or good at perhaps now i don't know how good he'll be but i know that he is he loves to be physical he does he likes to tackle everything he literally runs into the couch all the time on purpose like to tackle it um one bounces between the couches like he is he's and he's like a stocky kid um you know my daughter she likes sports because it's social like not because she loves sports she's not bad at him she just doesn't care like that but he loves it like he wants to play with the ball all the time. Like it just, yeah, like you can just tell. And she's you know going to hate every it's, second of it. You know, I, I love the fact I've got three, three daughters. I've talked about this a lot, but I've got three girls and all three of them became athletes. You know, like That's my awesome. daughter, my one daughter is 19. She's currently playing yeah. college soccer yeah. um, and, and killing it by the way. And, um, and my two other daughters who are in high school are both, you know, field hockey, they play field, but my younger one, He's going from field hockey to basketball to track. And I'm like, nice. I love this. I love that yeah. my girls are all into sports. You know, nice. and I keep telling them, yeah. I go, you girls are all going to make some guy real happy one day because you know what they want to do on Sunday? They want to watch football. And they're all bugging yeah. me. When are we going to a Rams game? Oh, wait, Laura, what? That's not true because not true? I love sports. And I'm the kind of person that's like, I'd rather watch sports on Sunday than go out. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes don't like that you know more than them. So. Oh, oh, interesting. Just saying. Interesting point. Oh. I know she's Lindsay, right. Right. Thank you. I was yeah. gonna say, Lindsay, come on, back me up. Yeah. Here. Interesting point. Both I, of the I guys the that like I I've seriously dated knew nothing about sports, and honestly, it made my life a lot easier. That's true. That is true. <laughs> That's really no. Funny. It was very very easy for my life that my wife likes sports. Now she's not like a diehard, but she'll watch games. Like you know, like. She likes the Dodgers and Lakers because she grew up here, you know, but um, she doesn't really have like a football team. So. Yeah, I feel her. I love the fact that my girlfriend, Rachel, who doesn't really love sports, is into it now. You know, like Sunday, she's like, look, I want to go have a beer. You want to watch football. How about if we do both things at the same time? Correct. Let's go to a bar to watch football. Yeah. yeah. Now, what you need to do is get her into a little college football. We can watch SC. Uh, you can watch SC. And then we can uh, finish this debate that we were supposed to have here, but we only have a minute left. And, you know, we can just talk about well, You know, tomorrow, George, just, just to finalize that thought, though, for everybody yeah. that's been with us, you know, whether you're at the University of Miami, USC, uh, San Diego State, Pittsburgh, it doesn't matter. You have good football played there, and you have good football players that leave and go other places, and everybody has the exact same complaint. Why can't we keep these kids home? I, I get that. I, I, I get it. And I, you can't keep them all. I get that. But there are the ones that want to come that end up, you know, flipping at the last second. There's I, I, there's a reason for that is what I would say. And I've seen that across the board at all these other schools that are similar to USC. Yeah, but we I'm can not, talk about it more tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not sure. Excellent. The, the only answer is, is head coach. I'm not sure about that. I, all right. We can talk about it more tomorrow. Uh, excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Outstanding, everybody. Great team effort. Great job, Lindsay and Laura. We will talk to you mañana at 3.55. Make sure you have a great night, and we'll talk to you then. See you. Tupac, all eyes on me. Tupac, all eyes on me.